Yes, this is our regular look at all things related to climate policy. And yesterday in Canberra, the overwhelming message was that if we're driving towards a net zero future, we're driving there in an electric car. Speaking, uh, speaking at an electric vehicle summit, the Federal Energy Minister, Chris Bowen, announced the first steps to increase the uptake and supply of electric vehicles, starting with a government discussion paper that will explore the introduction of fuel efficiency standards. Now, fuel efficiency standards, it's argued, would encourage car makers to export affordable low emissions vehicles to Australia. Helen Rowe was at the conference and she leads the transport program at Climate Works. Hello there, Helen. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. And Marty Andrews is the CEO of ChargeFox. That's Australia's largest EV charging network. Hello, Marty. Hi there. How are you going? Good. Now, there's been a bit of publicity for this, but I think there's a lot of interest in it. Uh, Chris Bowen, the minister, pointed out that apart from Russia, Australia is the only OECD country not to have or be in the process of developing fuel efficiency standards. What was the response yesterday from industry players, Helen, to what will clearly be a new standard for Australia? I think the overwhelming overwhelming response yesterday in the room was was really positive. I think people were coming in to the summit over the last few weeks. There's been a lot of build-up of anticipation that there would be an announcement on fuel efficiency standards. So I think a number of manufacturers know that they have supply of EVs, but um, I think in their words they were saying, we can't convince head office to send the EVs to Australia because... They don't have a, we don't have a standard in this country that they have to meet. Where they do have to meet standards in many other um, jurisdictions, you know, particularly Europe. Um, so that encourages them to send the supply there because they have to meet that standard. And, and supplying EVs is part of that. And so, what are we getting? Cars that we're getting? This is the argument you say we're getting older technology supplied to us. We are getting, I mean, the, the terminology being talked about this is being, you know, Australia becoming the dumping ground for the uh, old, um, you know, gas guzzling, you know, expensive to run cars, which are also um, emitting quite a lot of emissions. And that's a fair comment, is it? Absolutely. Australia has some of the most, uh, uh, least energy efficient cars uh, in, in the world. So um, we haven't put in place uh, any of these kind of requirements. Many countries have had them in place for a long time because even if before EVs came along, it's an encouragement for manufacturers to you know, make our, our cars more efficient. So we just haven't had any regulation in place to try to make our car, our car fleet um, better. Now, it's expected the consultation period will be around a month. So let's imagine we could see a decision on fuel efficiency as, as early as late September. What would happen on the supply front? Would most of the car makers immediately send cars here? Well, that was some of the discussion yesterday. I know the um, managing director of Volkswagen said um, we've been expect expecting something like this to happen for a long time and actually hoping for it. Uh, so he said, you know, if there was a standard introduced today, we could start introducing more more vehicles tomorrow. Um, noting that, you know, some manufacturers um, have been more on the front foot in developing uh, EVs. So, you know, those those would be the manufacturers, I think, that would be um, ready, to, ready to go with um, increasing supply into Australia. And he did notice that they've, note, they've got um, cheaper models models of, say, Volkswagen. I know um, many other um, uh, companies have got similar offerings and they're not coming to the Australian market just yet. Now, I know that um, there's been a little bit of flurry about whether Australians are more interested in hybrids than they are in the full EVs and there's been some controversy or some, yes, debate, I suppose, around that. What is your view? 
Well, I think ultimately EVs or electric, fully electric vehicles are genuinely zero emission. So nothing comes out of the tailpipe. They're not using uh, any any petrol whatsoever. So I think that's the sort of preferred technology. Um, I'm noting that hybrids have played a, a good role as a sort of interim technology that um, people have used. It's certainly going to be helping you reduce your emissions if you happen to have one already. But ultimately, I think also cars are like every other asset. We're starting to think about stranded assets. Um, you know, if you're buying a vehicle now, uh, we know that the world is heading towards zero emission vehicles or all new cars being zero emission by about 2035. So at that point in time, I think you really want to be buying an EV or that and uh, having that as your car. Otherwise, other cars may not be resellable because there's just not going to be a market for them anymore. But, but nevertheless, in the interim, it is true, isn't it, that the bulk of, of uh, interest has been to hybrids. Maybe they've actually had them available um, rather than the EVs, which haven't been available. Is that a fair comment? Uh, I think it's, I think it's what people are going to because that's what's available. Um, I know that some of the um, the surveys done by say the Electric Vehicle Council have found that people like half half of the population would like their next car to be an electric vehicle. So I think there is the appetite there. We're also seeing that, um, for example, I think when Hyundai put out its new supply for the next year, uh, it was selling out in a matter of minutes. So there's there is a lot of demand there. It's just absolutely not being met. I mean, our EV uptake last year was two percent. Uh, we know countries around the world, such as like Norway, are reaching over seventy percent. So I think I think Australians are pretty smart. They know where the technology is going. Uh, they they see people buying um, electric vehicles, and that's really what they want to get their hands on. Yeah, uh, and Marty, is that what you're picking up on as well from your customers, where you do operate charge points, that there is demand, or that they've been waiting a long time to buy a car, or are they still ambivalent? Yeah, we're certainly seeing uh, increased demand around all of our sites. You know, as little as a year ago, we were worried about just putting in more sites to get more coverage across the country. But today, we're getting people now starting to queue. They're, they're at a charging station waiting because there's someone in front of them. So there's more uptake, especially in those urban areas, and they're, and they're certainly growing in demand. And just again on this question of, of hybrids versus um, uh, the the EVs, are you picking up any differences there? Given that you you got quite an interesting sort of reach, I suppose, into customer attitudes. I, I think a lot of that's to do with commercials, Geraldine. Like the the price of electric vehicles was very high a few years ago, and it's mm. rapidly coming down. But hybrids have been a middle point, I guess, like a stepping stone in price. Um, there's a bit of a difference here between plug-in hybrids and, and other hybrids as well. So um, a plug-in hybrid, you can run fully electric because you can charge it, but a, something like a Toyota Camry, for example, you, you have to use fuel in it and it's almost like a range extender on the car. So you know, we, we certainly prefer to see the plug-in hybrids so people have the choice to run it fully electric. Was, was Toyota at the conference, by the way, Helen? I didn't see them there, but uh, it was a big it was a big room, and I didn't get around to everybody. <laughs> but we definitely saw, you know, um, uh, Tesla and uh, and Volkswagen and those um, companies that do um, are, are excited about um, providing more electric vehicles into the market. And in terms of fuel efficiency, Helen, what standard, in simple terms, would you like to see? Well, the standard, so the the way they're expressed is in um, grams of CO two per kilometre. So, and that's averaged across a manufacturer when they supply to a country of new vehicles. That's the average across across their um, their fleet that they're providing. So, in Europe, for example, it's around uh, 95, uh, 95 grams of CO2 per kilometre. 
and it, it enables the, the manufacturers to supply some cars that are more um, providing more emissions, but also some that are providing less. So we think heading towards um, the Euro standard is going to be um, is going to be good. So we've sort of suggested around there. Most people are talking around between 95 and sort of 110 um, grams of CO2 by the middle of this decade. So I think New Zealand has just uh, recently introduced um, their own um, fuel efficiency standards, and they were talking at the conference yesterday. Uh, theirs is um, one, 113 grams of CO2 per kilometre, and they were talking at the conference just how quickly um, their EV uptake has, t- has been turning around in the last year. Yes, I think Mr Bowen um, indicated quite a lot of ambition about this. He said there was no point in remaining at the back of the pack on efficiency yep. standards, which does give a little bit of a sense of where they're planning. Absolutely, yeah. He said, you know, if we lack ambition, we're still going to be at the back of the queue in terms of um, uh, global EV supply. So we're hoping that that kind of statement translates through to something with some real teeth to it um, to make sure that we're getting the supply people are, are demanding in the country. And Marty, while consumer demand is clearly high, there is anxiety about EV range still and being able to conveniently charge cars. Now, if Australians very quickly do buy more EVs, are you ready in terms of the infrastructure? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Gerald, and there's, and there's two parts to this. One is um, the car ranges are getting longer as the batteries get more efficient, so that helps. But certainly um, we've got a part to play, as, as the rest of the infrastructure industry does, in terms of putting in more infrastructure out. So we operate a 1,000 plugs around the country. We've set a target of getting to uh, 5,000 by the end of 2025, and we've got really strong support from the motoring clubs to do that. But we're in the most positive federal political landscape we've been in in Australia for EVs for a long time, and I really hope that, that we get stretched and have to go harder. Like I'd, I'd love to be out there pushing harder um, on all my all my business partners to, to put in more infrastructure because the EV uptake is growing. Well, for instance, one of our texters has come in. Um, I have had no success in inquiring uh, information as to how this changeover would work under emergency situations. I'm thinking of the evacuation of Malakuta during the fires, which thousands of vehicles were fuelled up in a hurry to evacuate the township. Most service stations have significant supplies of fuel, which carries this through a crisis. The same thing cannot be said or hasn't even been discussed about charging EV vehicles when the first thing that happens in a crisis is that the power disappears, (laughs) which is, you know, a reasonable point, I think, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And and during those fires, we did have some charging stations in those areas. And um, as we saw them approaching, we actually uh, made charging free uh, there for about a week and encouraged all of the drivers to go and charge up in anticipation. So we, we try and do those sorts of things. We'll end up with more batteries on site as well to get storage of electricity uh, over time. Uh, but yes, you, you need to you need to do those things. The, I guess the nice thing about an EV, though, is um, you don't need to go and queue up at a petrol station. You can charge up at home as well. So actually, it might be uh, better in those situations because you can disperse the uh, consumption of energy across more uh, more places rather than having everyone you know try and rush to the petrol station at the same time. Yes. Look, there's a couple of interesting questions I'm going to put to you, Helen, that are coming through. If we're such a dumping ground for internal combustion engine cars, how come they're not as cheap as chips? They are more expensive than ever. That's Stephen from Tasmania, which thought did cross my mind, Helen, when you were describing it. 
Well, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not sure of the compare. I haven't looked into the comparison of our combustion engine cars compared to the rest of the world. Uh, you know, I know there's some supply chain uh, issues around the world, but um, I wasn't aware that our combustion engines were necessarily more, more expensive. I think everything is going up uh, a little bit at the moment, but we definitely are seeing price parity at the point at which an EV is going to um, reach the same sort of cost as in a combustion engine. We're expecting that in the later part of this of this decade. So Yes, I know uh, you're not from the car industry, but it's just that it does, you know, it's a bit... You just one wonders about some of the arguments. I mean, somebody else has sort of basically said, "Why do I need? Why do they need sort of um, extra help if the EVs are so obviously good things to buy? Why do they need extra help? You know, extra sort of almost subsidy help to do so." In terms of the government providing yes. um, um, subsidies, mm-hmm. so so at the moment, I mean, ideally. We need to cut our emissions in transport. Transport's the third largest source of emissions in Australia and it's the fastest growing. We're buying much larger cars. Our population is growing. We're travelling further. So that's one part of the sector of the economy where the emissions are actually growing and we're actually having to work as hard as possible to actually just stabilise the emissions coming out of the transport sector. So part of the reason that you'll see, um, you know, at the moment there's discussion of um, uh, fringe benefit tax exemptions for... Yes. Um, for so this is p- part of this is to try and bring down that, that upfront cost to, to incentivise people to buy, um, to buy EVs, particularly important for them to go into fleets and that's where the um, fringe benefit tax relief happens because we know that cars that go into fleets... An EV already will stack up for a fleet manager because the running costs of EVs are, are so cheap in the long term. They're much cheaper than than uh, a, a petrol-powered car. So if we get them into fleets, that means they flow through to the second-hand market, which means we've got more yes, affordable um, EVs in the market. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, one of the reasons you'll see things like that, trying to trying to incentivise people to bring them in because we absolutely need to be cutting our transport emissions. But we also want them going through the second-hand market so there are more affordable options out there. And see, Marty, a Charge Fox has been bought by the state-based motoring companies, NRMA, the Automobile Clubs of Queensland, Victoria, Tasmania, WA. What does this mean for car users? Well, I think the, the big message that came out um, when the acquisition happened was the doubling down of that target of growing infrastructure. There's big projects around the country going on right now where we're in the middle of building 140 sites in South, in South Australia. The NRMA committed with the, the Labor Party to building 117 sites on the National Highway. Um, so there, there, are, there are big there's big kind of spending on on infrastructure projects and they'll end up in, because of the nature of the the motoring clubs being mutuals, they'll they'll support the regional areas as well. They won't just focus on the the profitable city areas, I guess. So you'll get coverage all across the country and the clubs are very committed to, to growing and supporting the transition to electric motoring in the future. So, look, final thing from you, and in quick, yes, we've got a minute to go, Helen. Uh, do you think we will see a dramatic change in how long? I mean, what's your estimate of what is going to happen to our appetite and our readiness to buy? Well, I think the appetite is already there. It's actually a bit hard to know how big that appetite is because it just hasn't been met for so long. So what I'm, I'm excited about is seeing a fuel efficiency standard come in later in the year, the supply boost like what's been happening, we've been seeing in New Zealand, and just seeing uh, all the people that have been standing in queues or waiting in lines for EVs to be able to get their hands on it to also get a really good sense of um, where that demand is in Australia and how quickly you see that uptake. The other thing we know is that people who've got solar at home, uh, there's often a correlation between people who've got solar who want an EV because they know that by having solar at home, it's kind of like being able to create your own petrol. Uh, it makes your running costs much, right. much cheaper. So that's a group we really want to see uptake in. All right. Well, look, thank you very much indeed. 
interesting times. Helen Rowe uh, from Climate Works, Marty Andrews from Charge Fox. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for having us.